Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. There's so much happening in the world today, so it's good that we can pause and zoom out and just leave everything and come into the house of the Lord. So as Pastor Greg says, um, we've come to the end of the 21 days of our prayer and fasting. You can see that I came ready to break the fast. All right, no, I won't break the fast like this. But today we are talking about five loaves and two fish. We're talking about the miracles that happened uh, in this wonderful place that uh, God came through and worked the miracle. So, uh, and some people were mocking my fish this morning. This, for those uh, shark fans, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're in a good place. So this is the best we can get for you to remember this sermon. You'll never forget the sermon. You can imagine, Greg, the guys in my connect group, on the WhatsApp group, they've been mocking me. They're saying, we need to check Pastor Sai's theology. Those are sharks, not fish. I said, technically, a shark is a fish. You know what? We must remember that all we need to do is to bring our five loaves and two fish before him, and he will multiply it. He will work a miracle. That is the sermon for today. And before we go to the Word, uh, this couple that have uh, taken their five loaves and two fish and say, God, what do you want us to do with our five loaves and two fish? So this couple, what I like about them, despite their age, they said nothing will stop us from serving the Lord. They've had on their hearts to go and serve in Europe because part of our reach, our mission's uh, vision is to reach Africa, Europe, and beyond. And they've had a heart to go to serve in Europe. And what did they do? They took their five loaves and two fish, and they went to Europe. Let's welcome Rob and Don. Hi, everyone. I think... Most of you know us. I'm Robert Zoll, and this is my wife, Dawn, and we are passionate about missions. Um, and, and I just wanted to quickly say something very simple. Why am I passionate about missions? Basically, when I met Jesus, it was the most incredible love encounter of my life, and that was a long time ago. I was a teenager, and my whole life, I don't know about you, but I, most people I find they really want to be significant in life. That the bottom line, they want to make a difference. We, want to, we don't want to just live, survive through life. And I realized pretty quickly, the best thing I can do for anyone else on this planet is tell them about Jesus. Just, just tell them how great he is. What an amazing God. His love is just so awesome. So yeah, uh, as you can hear, I'm passionate about missions. Okay, so last year... We put a house on the market and we said to God, so if you give us a gap between selling our house and when we're moving in to our new place, instead of going on holiday, we will go on mission with you. How about that? And well, uh, what, what did God do? He, of course, he organized everything and the next minute we were, our house sold quickly and wow, we had three months 
So we went to Every Nation Ghent to serve there in Belgium. And wow, all I can say is it was the best three months of our lives. Yeah. And I've had a, I had a, quite a long stretch already. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, excuse my husband. He's very passionate about these things. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, so you're probably wondering what did we do while we were there? What did we do while we were in Europe? Well, actually, we didn't do anything that you guys couldn't have done. I mean, basically, we just went to serve. We attended church services. We just helped wherever we could. We did everything. Um, Rob, <laughs> Rob looked after the baptismal jacuzzi. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he didn't try it out, but... Um, <laughs> He did look after it, make sure it, made sure it was in running order for whenever they needed to do baptisms. We organized food for student events. We cleaned up afterwards. We, yeah, we did a lot of cleaning up and, and food-related things because students eat a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, so that was us. Uh, we got involved in social justice uh, outreaches. We packed food parcels, found some homeless people in the parks and that, in the train stations trying to keep warm. Um, and we, we took them food parcels and soup and pancakes and things like that. So that was that good. Was yeah, hot chocolates. Um, we also had um, theological discussions with some of the leaders there, and that was really good as well, just to get into the deep um, theology of some of the things. And we, had, we joined in with these prayer meetings that were really great as well, powerful intercession. Another thing that was more personal to me, um, they let me play guitar in the yeah. band. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I joined in with the worship team a couple of times, and that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I played here beginning of the year, and then I think I pulled out, and then when we were there, I got a chance to play again, which was really great. And Rob got to share some practical biblical teachings with the students. So, basically, in a nutshell, even though I was working remotely, from the mother's room every day, full time. <laughs> we both managed to get fully involved in church life. Um, we built good relationships with the people there. And then one of the highlights, something that came up was we went on a mission trip with the Every Nation Ghent people to Portugal, to Lisbon. So it was like a mission within a mission, which was quite cool. Um, and we, we joined um, there on the top right, um, Elvis and Joyce, and their little, it's like a little home church. Yeah. That was, it was nice. And we went out with them to the campus in Lisbon, and we just shared Jesus' love with the students. We used the God test, we used the mental health survey, and it was just a lot of fun. Another big highlight was um, they had an, a European evangelist summit in Ghent while we were there. So we met a lot of the church planters and leaders um, from, from the different European churches there, and we made good connections, and we managed to catch the Go Europe vision. <laughs> okay, so Go Europe vision for every nation, in case you don't know, which I didn't know until we got there, was that they want to plant churches in every country in Europe by 2040. Okay. So that's, that's quite a big thing, actually. So, yeah, we had a busy time of service. Um, we really were busy. Um, and God used us a lot. But the thing is, what surprised us was how God used people to minister to us. Um, we went there to serve. 
And yet God, he blessed us. He blessed us with, um, we got uh, life coaching. We had inner healing sessions and small group, se- in small group meetings. Um, and just the people, you know, like, they were just awesome. We had such good relationships with them, and they just loved us, and we just loved them, and it was great. We received some uh, prophetic words about our next phase of life, and we were really challenged to sharpen our vision, not to just float, but to sharpen our vision and be intentional about serving God in our next decade. So that's where we're looking. We're planning for a decade and we're going to be intentional about it. So God did some deep work in us. Um, he grew our character. He healed wounds that we didn't even know existed. And he used the people that we went to serve to minister to us. So, where to from here? Yeah. Uh, God's not finished with us yet. Yeah. Uh, the, the truth is that there is a desperate need for laborers to share the gospel in Europe. Um, some of these people in, up here in the top left, the, the black and white one, those are the people from Iceland with the long beards. <laughs> they desperately need more people, uh, but so welcoming. Uh, the, the lady in the middle there is from the UK, Catherine. She wants us to come. Uh, yeah, the, uh, bottom right, that guy next to us is a German who is part of the Lisbon outreach that Dawn mentioned earlier. And he's working with the campus and the students. And he wants us to come. So we just saw, wow, hearing firsthand, there are so many needs in Europe. And they basically really just need people like you and I, to come and and share the gospel with them. Uh, Europeans need people who actually know Jesus and and who know Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. That's all they need, yeah. And really, it's exciting to see God work in that kind of uh, people. So the map of Europe here shows the vision of every nation. We've got the... um, orange dots, we've got, we've got the green dots of the established churches, the, the yellowish dots for the church plants, and the red dots are the, the European countries we still have to reach. So there's a big job still ahead of, for every nation. But we can do this thing. Praise God that we have planted several churches, and all it's going to take now is obedient people who make themselves available. That's all. So our challenge to you is this. Will you join us and go on mission to Europe? We need you. And the truth is it's not race or gender or age specific. The fact is, us older people, we can go. We have something to offer. We have experience. The younger people are desperately needed too. They can relate well with the students. They can empathize with all the student issues. And the truth is, every nation, Rosebank, is good at outreach. We can make disciples. Even if you think you just have a little to offer, Mm. your little fish, your little bread, even just 10 days that you can give up, or maybe a little more, a month, whatever it is, it all helps. Uh, We're going to hear again, John 6, 9 relates the story. There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? 
So, would you like to bring your five loaves and add to our two fish? <laughs> then God can multiply and he will build his church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. You know, one of the things I love about missions is you go to give, but you receive so much more. Did you just realize how Rob and Don said they went to give, they were just saving, but they got healing, even wounds that they didn't know that existed. That's what happens when you go on missions. You get so much more. You get so much more when you go on missions. So I want to encourage you, after the service, maybe you've already been praying about Europe. I'll encourage you to speak to Rob and Don. In the morning, there were already people that spoke to them. Maybe you want to go on short-term mission or long-term missions. The harvest is ready. Amen. How about this? Africa making an impact in the world. We're sending missionaries from Africa to the rest of the world. Amen. We are taking our five loaves and two fish. For the glory of the King. So this is our sermon today. Bring what you have to Jesus. Bring what you have to Jesus. Bring whatever you have to Jesus. Your five loaves and your two fish, bring it to Jesus. We've been uh, speaking on this topic of miracles. It is actually a theme for the entire year for all the Every Nation churches in 80 countries in the world. And uh, you keep hearing us say this, all the 80 nations will be gathered first week of October in Cape Town. 6,000 people worshiping together. It's like a picture of heaven on earth. We've already booked a Cape Town International Convention. We'll be there. There'll be about a thousand kids as well. We've booked basically the entire Cape Town Convention Center. We're coming together and we're going to be hearing stories of what God is doing in China, in the Middle East, throughout the world. Amen. So let us not be bogged down by what's happening in our nation and forget that God is at work. God is at work. So as we do this miracle sermon series, we looked at Jesus turning water into wine. We looked at the healing of the official son. In all these stories, you see just one theme, faith, faith, faith. Will you believe? Will you choose to believe? And healing of the invalid at the pool of Bethesda. We had that word last week. So today, before we go to our text, I wanted to share this uh, very, very powerful quote by William Carey. And what I love about William Carey, he didn't just say this and did not live it. He said it and he lived it. He said, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. God is doing great things and attempt great things for God. This man left the UK, went to India as a missionary, and he was part of translating the Bible, the English Bible, to six Indian languages. Six Indian languages. You can say and see that this person believed that all you need to do is to attempt great things for God. And we are here in Joburg, and we keep continuing to attempt great things for God. And I believe that we're going to see God move in our city, Joburg. So as we read our text today, open up your hearts to what God wants to say to you with this text. Reading from John 1, John 6, verse 1 to 15. Jesus feeds the 5,000. We'll soon discover that it was actually more than 5,000. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. 
a large crowd was following him because they saw signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes and then seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to, the, to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread will not be enough for each and every one to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Verse 10, Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in this place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to them, to those who were seated. So also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled the 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So friends, from this text that we've read, there are three things that I see here that I believe will speak to us today. That if we want to see and experience miracles, we need spiritual food, we need physical food, but we also need miraculous food. We need spiritual food that nourishes the soul, that nourishes the heart, that nourishes the spirit. But Jesus doesn't only care about spiritual food. He also cares about Nando's. Thank you, Jesus. You can see that coming. I haven't had Nando's for 21 days. Thank you, Lord. The fasting is over. Greg, we're having our meeting at Nando's. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that the fact that even this morning, Pastor Greg said to us, you know, in the Bible, there's more feasting than fasting. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus cares not only of our spiritual needs, but he also cares about the physical needs, the physical food. I'm just helping you all out there who's thinking that, man, is Jesus only consent with me fasting? No, no, no. He's okay with you feasting. You can go and feast tonight. <laughs> Miraculous food is when the Bible says after Jesus had performed this miracle, there were 12 baskets full of food because he's a God of abundance. But there's a purpose to the miraculous food. Let's start talking about the spiritual food. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs, because they saw the great things that he was doing. 
You know what I like about this miracle? It is mentioned in all four of the Gospels. So you get to see how the different uh, of this Jesus' disciples were approaching the story and were writing the story. You will see when you read from Matthew, Matthew being the test collector, like a proper accountant, he said, guys, it was not just 5,000 men. There were women and children as well. You forgot to count them. I like Matthew. He got his theology right. Because traditionally, they, they would only count the men. And uh, when we get to heaven, I hope they will repent for not counting the women. When you read Mark, he puts it this way. He says, and they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot all the towns and got there ahead of them. You know, when I read this, I'm asking myself, you know what, these guys, how did they know where Jesus was going? There was no Twitter, there was no Instagram, there was no WhatsApp status. Like, you know, we know where you are because of your WhatsApp status. You've just announced to the whole world. They, they didn't know where he was going, but they kind of figure out that if the boat is leaving this place, the next stop is going to be this one. And they ran faster than the boat, and they were already there. That's how much they were longing to be with Jesus. Can we be like these people? Longing to be with Jesus. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. That word compassion is to be moved from within, moved from inside. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. I like the fact that Jesus began to teach them many things. He cared for their spiritual well-being. Therefore, he taught them many things of the kingdom of God. But it doesn't end there. It says in Matthew 5, 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So when Jesus was teaching, I believe that spiritual food, spiritual nourishment comes from this word, the written word of God. But it is also the spoken word of God that comes from the mouth of God. I don't know if you're familiar with these two words, the Greek words. It's logos, the written word, and rhema, the spoken word. And we need both. But I want to tell you that the more that you are in the written word, the more and clearer you hear the spoken word. If you read the word, it is easier for you to get used to how God speaks. You know, I know my wife has arrived in the house because of her voice. Sometimes it's, I, the spirit of discernment, I can tell that she's around. Not even her perfume. I just feel it that she's around. Because I've hung around long enough to know where she's around. When you hang around long enough with this word, when he speaks, you know his voice. Amidst all the noises in the world, we can hear his voice. Now, why is it so important for us to be in the Word and to be people of the Word? It is so that when crisis hits, we know that the Holy Spirit has got something to work with. We've taught the Word. We've given the Holy Spirit something to work with. About March last year, there was a guy who contacted the church office, and uh, he was facing a crisis that... Uh, not only he wanted to speak to his connect group leader, not only wanted to speak to his family, but he said, can I have someone pray with me? He had just been diagnosed with colon cancer. I mean, when we heard the story, it was so, so dire that he came to my house 
because I was working from home that day. He needed prayer desperately because the doctors had given him a few days to live. I remember seeing him and he was looking so frail that he was saying these words that stayed with me. He was saying to me, Pastor Sai, please go do blood tests. Go check yourself up. You never know because I thought I was okay. And I was just feeling tired. And before you know it, diagnosed with cancer. To cut the long story short, I took uh, oil from my house. I started praying for him and anointed him with oil. But I must say right here and now, there's nothing called anointing oil, nothing special with oil. Oil is just symbolism. It's symbolic that the anointing of God through comes through as you anoint someone. You can even take water and anoint someone. Because I know some people go out to buy anointing oil. It's not there in the Bible. Some people go all the way to get oil from Israel. No, 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 no. The symbolic meaning of oil is it just represents anointing. It doesn't mean there's anything special in the oil itself. Lest all of you drive to my house after the service looking for that oil. Nothing special in the oil. I just took the oil from the kitchen. All right, let's just get the theology right. I know some of you are quite offended right now because maybe you bought expensive oil. Let's get that out of the way. Let's get out of the way. I just took oil from the kitchen, anointed this man, and I prayed for him. And the words of the Lord came. I just heard. And you know what? If you look with natural eyes, I knew that those words did not come from me. But with spiritual eyes, I heard these words. You will live to see your grandchildren. You will live to see your grandchildren. There was a rhema word of God, a spoken word of God. After we prayed, he left and he's been in and out of hospital. We've been praying for him throughout most of last year and trusting God for healing, trusting God that he will experience his miracle. It was last week, Friday. I was at the office and uh, we'd arranged to meet. And that morning, uh, one of the ladies who started working at the church, she had this... uh, prophetic word, this prophetic sense, and she said um, she saw in this prophetic sense a person, a male with four liver lesions, and these lesions were healed. Now, this person doesn't know anything about my guy, Matthew, that I've been praying with. And then, as I met with Matthew, he explains to me that his cancer had spread to other organs. It had become stage four. And he had four lesions on his liver that they had to remove. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. And he said they removed that and he was still in the process of healing. He had just gotten the scans that very day that he's been cleared of cancer completely. God still heals today. God still heals today. But what I like about this testimony, he says, when there's been times when he was in ICU on the verge of dying, literally like about to lose his life, he remembered the words, you will love to see your grandchildren. What is the word that God has spoken over your life that you're holding on to? What is that word that God has spoken over your life you're holding on to? It is in line with the written word, but what is the rhema word that God has given you? What is the word that God has spoken over you? And let me put it in a different way. What are you feeding on? What are you feeding on? This study was made a couple of years ago. If you Google it, you'll be able to find it. 
of uh, 40,000 people, ages between 8 and 80 years, reading the Word. And I took out some of the details of the study because they showed that if you read the Word one time a week, it doesn't make a big impact. If you read the Word twice a week, it doesn't make such a significant impact. But when you start reading four times a week or more, it doesn't matter how long. You don't have to read 10 chapters, but just being in the Word, even five minutes a day, it makes such a big difference. They showed that from the study, something radically happened when you read the Word more than four times a week. Feeling lonely drops by 30%. Now, let me tell you why feeling lonely drops by 30%. It is because this word is a person. The Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That word is Jesus. So when I open my Bible and I read my Bible, I know that I'm going to meet Jesus. I I shared this morning that I uh, sometimes feel depressed. I feel down. You think pastors don't go through that. We do. And as I I feel down, I take this word and I start to read it, something happens because I've just met with Jesus. I've just met with Jesus. I want to encourage you, as we're still in the beginning of the year, make it priority to be in the word. Make it priority to be in the word. Look at what happens the more we're in the word. Anger issues drops. Bitterness in marriage, family, and relationship drops. By 40%. All I have to do is to get my family in the Word, including my teenage children. When they are in the Word, we have less issues. Alcoholism drops by 57%. Before you even go to Alcoholic Anonymous, alcoholism drops by 57% by just being in the Word. Feeling spiritually stagnant, like you're not growing, drops by 60%. Viewing pornography drops by 61%. Sharing your faith jumps by 200% because you have something to share. You have got something to give. You've been in the Word. And discipling others jumps by 230%, meaning that you want to be with other believers. You want to be like iron sharpening iron. You want to disciple someone, help them move from one place to another in their walk with God. So what are you feeding on? So that when that moment of crisis come, you can be able to take your five loaves and two fish and present it before the Father. So Jesus is also interested in physical food. Jesus is not only concerned with spiritual food, he's also concerned with physical food. The health and well-being of people spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, he's concerned about our well-being. You know, I love that when you read this occurrence in Scripture, When Jesus said to them, go, get them something to eat. Jesus himself says, you give them something to eat. Jesus said, whatever you have is enough. I know that sometimes we may feel inadequate. We may feel that we don't have enough. Jesus says, whatever you have, give it to them. And then there was a boy who brought his lunchbox to meet with Jesus. I don't know where the mother was. I don't know where the parents were. But this boy was there with his lunchbox, and he was able to give it to the disciples. And what I like is, when you read the Scripture, multiplication did not happen while they were holding the bread and the fish. Multiplication happened as they distributed. 
as they gave, as they served the meal, multiplication and miracle happened. So the word of the Lord for you today is don't hold on to those gifts to yourself. It is when you give them, it is when you serve that they are multiplied that a miracle happens. Let us serve with those gifts and talents that God has given us. One of the things we've done in this church is through the crisis response team at the height of uh, COVID, we started feeding people here on the church property and distributing food. And we realized that not only can we give them physical food, we also need to give them spiritual food. So Tiam and Natasha, they started uh, what we call discovery groups, Discover Jesus. People will come every Saturday. Even yesterday, there were still people here that have been discipled. Some of them being baptized. We've been walking a journey with these people. And what I like about this uh, project, it was really coming with uh, five loaves and two fish and seeing what God will do. There's been so many testimonies. I just want to share this one testimony with you. There's been so many testimonies that have come out of this. I was uh, praying with Champ uh, about a week ago. And I'm coming out of Champ's uh, offices, and uh, I hear this guy calling me, Pastor Sai, Pastor Sai. By the way, it happens a lot. When I'm at Crest or Rosebank, the joys of being a pastor. Everywhere you go, you'll meet someone. Some people pretend like they don't know me. It's okay. I know maybe you're not here, you know, and that's it. It's those that are not here. But he calls me, and I'm surprised. Who's this guy calling me? And then I stop, and I, I go to him. He tells me, Pastor Sai, I was one of the people that were homeless, that was on the street. I started coming to discovery groups, and now I got a job. I'm working. I just want to say thank you. But the thing that really got my attention was when he said, and I'm still coming to church. And I'm still coming to church. He's still serving here and coming to church every Sunday. So my point this evening is this. Let's bring our five loaves and two fish and see what Jesus will do with them. Let's see what he will do with them. Miraculous food. All of us are concerned about the state of our nation. We know that the situation in our country is so dire that it's going to take a miracle. The situation in our country is so overwhelming when we see our problems. But I was also thinking to myself, what will happen if all believers in South Africa will just take their five loaves and two fish presented to the Lord? Present it to the Lord and say, Lord, help us to find solutions to the ills of society. Help us to find solutions to the challenges we are facing. Look at this. Jesus then took the loaves and when he had given thanks, in Matthew it says, when he had looked up to heaven and said a blessing, when he had given thanks, he distributed and there was multiplication. I want to share with you that we start with little, but we end with abundance. We start with little, but we end with abundance. Take whatever you have, present it to heaven, and expect miracles. The disciples were focused on the problem rather than the potential resources that needed to be presented to Jesus. When you read Matthew, it says, and they all ate until they were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over. 
and those who ate were about 5,000 men, as Matthew said, besides women and children. What I liked is something that uh, Pastor Siv said on Friday when we had the revival service here. He said, the 12 baskets are always full in Jesus. The 12 baskets are always full. And I feel to say to you that the situation of our country is making us to forget that we serve a limitless God. We serve a God of abundance. We serve a God who can multiply, that there will be enough food for those who are in need. The 12 baskets, where did they come from? They were filled. We start with little, but we end up with abundance. The other thing that is so pertinent to the story, I want to read this verse for you that uh, I didn't put on the screen, is that not only is God the God of abundance, but when we present our five loaves and two fish, we are actually building for eternity. When you read in verse 25, it says they found him on the other side. They keep following Jesus. And they say, Rabbi, where did you when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And then verse 27, he says something very important. Do not work for food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. And then he continues to say in verse 35, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. In verse 55, for my flesh is the true food and my blood is the true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Now, what Jesus is simply saying is when we bring our gifts, our talents, our treasures, and we make it multiply, we serve him with our gifts and talents, we are building into eternity. So I want to challenge you today that do not sit down with those gifts and talents. Present them to Jesus. He will multiply them as you apply your faith. The story that I've been sharing with everyone is the story of Godumela uh, Bokamoso. It's a, an NGO. Godumela Bokamoso means peep into the future, look into the future. A guy who's been in our church for many years, he started serving as a campus pastor. He realized serving at Vets University as a campus minister that a lot of the students coming from rural areas they either struggle with applications for university, they struggle with finances, and even their, 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 just their grades were not good grades. They will struggle because they didn't get good grades. Not that they are not gifted. So what he started doing, it was in 2009, he went to Limpopo and he started with one school, doing a Saturday school, doing winter classes, and helping them with maths and science, especially accounting and other subjects. And before you know it, they've had so many students who have done well because one person with a few, they just started saying, how can we help the situation? They took their five loaves and two fish and presented it before the Father. This last week when the metric exams come, just starting the story now, they had 10 students with seven distinctions. 
10 matriculants with seven distinctions. That counts for something. And one of them was top 20 in the country. They have seen so many students do well because just a few people said, we can do something about this situation. Just to share a few stories, this lady that you see there, she's done her MBA and she's decided, I'll go to China and teach English just to give back, to give to other countries. I can go story after story, engineers, doctors, all of them, they've come through this program because someone cared enough to say, I'll just bring my five loaves and two fish. A lot of them, they share stories that I said to Peter, we need to have a documentary about this. We hear so many negative stories about the country, but such incredible stories we don't hear. What is happening now, their NGO, they've been asked to train the teachers. They are also training principals on good leadership. So he's taking people and helping out there in the rural areas. In case you were wondering, how many students are we talking about? Only two districts that he's been working on. 400 high schools. And just matriculants, not talking about the other grades, just matriculants, 30,000 matriculants a year. 30,000 matriculants that he gets to influence. Just bring your five loaves and two fish and see what God will do. Let's bow our heads to pray. Father, I thank you that even in our inadequacies, we can bring our five loaves and two fish before you and you will multiply. Father, I pray that we will be like William Carey and say we will expect great things from God and we will attempt great things for God. Father, thank you that we can trust you to move in our nation. We ask that you use us, Father God, to be part of solving the problems of our nation, Father. Even for those who may have lost hope in this nation, Lord God, I pray that if we were all just to take our five loaves and two fish, we will be amazed what you can do in this nation, Father God. We will be amazed by what you can do to turn things around for your glory as we continue to be a blessing to the nations of the world. Father, I pray that we will not hold back but will give of our time, talents and treasure to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, today is our I Serve Sunday. So when we do our I Serve Sunday, we give everyone an opportunity to sign up to serve here in the church on a Sunday or you can serve discovery groups on a Saturday or you can serve during the week with our Havens Ministries. You can serve at Kids Church. You can serve at Youth. Best place to serve. It keeps you young, kids and youth. You can serve in worship. You can serve at the multimedia desk. You can serve at the sound desk. We're always looking for volunteers. People can serve with their five loaves and two fish. So we're going to put up a... Um, QR code. You can use your cell phones to get details of the ministries that are there where you can serve. Or you can raise your hand. The ushers will give you a card. If you are not able to connect to the QR code, you can get a card and look at the ministries. And after the service, there are tables there at the back 
where you can go to the different ministries to get more details on how to get involved with those ministries. So just keep your hand raised if you need a card. In case you're not using a QR code, you can just get a card. It's got a list of ministries that you can get involved with and serve. We have prophetic ministry. We have ministry team. We have so many ministries where you can get involved and use your gift and talents to the glory of the King.